Hello and welcome to the year we started a podcast. It's a podcast born Phoenix-like from the prior year's podcast. I am your co-host Jeff. And I am your co-kickback Nick. <laughs> Gosh dang you stole it. You stole I did. it. I, I took and it. And this is our podcast where a couple of friends, half a continent apart, that want to come together and talk about some of the things that are fun and interesting to us. And Nick, today, this is what I was going to use. And today, I would like to kick back and tell you a story. Let's let me let's kick back, man. I'm kick, I'm already there. Okay, Nick. Uh, how involved were you in the ongoings on the behind the scenes things in 1998 NFL pop culture? Um, ninety eight. I think the I think the 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 Packers and the Vikings played at some point in that year, and that is about <laughs> everything that I know about football. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, so, so the story I want to start us off with this week uh, is what I consider to be yeah uh, maybe one of the best NFL stories of all time, but uh, perhaps. Uh, the most like the most entertaining sports anecdote uh, of all time in the late 90s the the Chiefs had a bit of a quarterback controversy uh, we had Rich Gannon and Elvis Gerbach as our quarterback during those late 90s years Elvis Gerbach was the younger kid uh, perhaps a little bit more promising although not uh, not all that much so he was our starter and we had Rich Gannon as our backup quarterback during that time. Elvis Gerbach got hurt uh, a few different times. Uh, and also before Elvis Gerbach, we actually had another quarterback who uh, just kind of you know, sucked. <laughs> and we had Rich Gannon come uh, in off the bench and, and fill in. And every time uh, Rich Gannon would come in, like he would do really well. Uh, and so it was kind of a bit of a quarterback controversy uh, going into, I don't know, maybe it was like the 97-ish season, give or take a year or two. Going into that season, uh, we had Elvis Gerbach as a starter. He got hurt. I think he broke his collarbone or something. Ended up coming back, I think, late in the, the season or early playoffs. And it was like a big controversy whether or not we were going to keep playing Rich Gannon, who had played really well during that time, or if we were going to start the younger kid uh, at quarterback. Anyways, none of that is actually relevant to the story other than there was a quarterback controversy. The older uh, Gannon was a bit more uh, popular amongst fans at the time. I do remember this time as a fan, even though I was like, I don't know, nine, ten years old or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it was it, it was an interesting time to be a, a Chiefs fan. However, none of those none of those facts were as interesting as what happened. I think it was the off season of nineteen ninety eight where one of the major sports publications uh, were naming their sexiest sports player of the year. And Gannon has a very, like, classic... Like, he reminds me of, like, a 90s sitcom guy, except, like, kind of buffer, probably, right? So, I'm sorry, honestly, I, I'm assuming... No, like, Gannon, honestly, like, if you look him up on Google Images uh, back in the 1998 season or somewhere around there, he kind of looks like a, like a slightly more athletic Ryan Reynolds a little bit. I don't know. Oh, really? Like, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. So, yeah, not not a bad looking dude. Um, so what happened was the uh, the publisher, editor, or whatever they said that the person they were going to name as the uh, sexiest sports person of live in 1998 uh, was going to be the Chiefs quarterback in the middle of a quarterback ah. controversy. Ah, and the the photo team and the interview team they went out and 
they they went out and they interviewed Elvis Gerbach, who uh, I mean, he's a good old country boy. He's not exactly the best. I don't looker. know. I don't, I could I could <laughs> I don't know. Who, I don't know Elvis Gerbach. I think this might be the first time no. I've like associated the name. So. No, it, it's okay. Uh, I mean, <laughs> nothing special, nothing bad. I mean, just like a, he's literally like the most stereotypical uh, white 30-year-old male ever uh, back in the 1990s. Uh, but anyways, he uh, he was who they went, they flew out and interviewed. Uh, they did the interview. They did the photo shoot. And nobody really realized what had happened uh, until it got back to the publisher. And they're like, wait. This is the guy we chose as our sexiest athlete of twenty or of nineteen ninety eight. Like this is this is the guy. Oh, there had been a mix up. So, yeah, turns out they uh, figured out what they had done, and they did not have the heart to tell. I was gonna say, how do you? (laughs) How do you like let that? Oh man, that'd be awkward. They did not have the heart. At, in the moment to tell Elvis Gerbach that they had made the mistake. And so they uh. just they just went with it. And here, let me let me pull this up. So the the title of this article is The Sad Hilarious Tale of Elvis Gerbach, 1998, oh. Sexiest Athlete Alive. And again, this oh. is like published in the the early or in the in the yachts, uh, which I just I love going back to the internet back, you know, pre-2010. It was an interesting time. <laughs> Anyways, okay, I'm going to read the last the last bit of this article. The pictures made their way back to the New York offices and the editors were dumbfounded. This was their sexiest athlete. Yet, upon learning the truth, no one with the magazine had the heart to tell Gerbach the unfathomable mistake that had been made. As a result, Elvis Gerbach reigns as 19, as People's, as People Magazine, as People's 1998 Sexiest Athlete. The article's final line is... <laughs> is what says it all <clears throat> his personality is what makes him sexy <laughs> <laughs> which I, I i don't know this how long this, guy i don't know how long this went unpublicized the fact that this was a mix-up but i freaking love it um, oh my god <laughs> to add insult to injury nick because uh, we're recording this uh, prior to the Chiefs' first playoff game of 2021, of which this will release after that happens. So either I will be very sad or very happy slash very nervous for the next game. Uh, Rich Gannon would go on after this to go play for our rival Raiders and become the NFL MVP. So yep. I think yep. I think not only did we make the wrong choice of the uh, sexiest <laughs> athlete, I think we maybe made the wrong choice of who should have been our starting Hard quarterback. Hard to say. Hard to say. One was MVP, you say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tough to say. Yeah. The, the, the M in, most, in MVP is most, right? Mm. <laughs> it is. It's unfortunate. Most you know, it's, it's funny that, that you say that because uh, I lived in... Uh, the East Bay in this small town in the East Bay uh, mm-hmm. when Gannon was I, I think I came in right as Gannon came to the Raiders and the reason I say is that um, so as a kid I was very young when Gannon was on the Raiders I think you probably retired uh, when I was pretty young too but um, as a kid I moved there and I just felt like 
everyone in that town just thought everyone on their local teams was the greatest of all time. I was like this freaking kid from Southern California who didn't know anything about anything with sports. And like, I still, you know, don't know anything about some sports, but it was like, oh yeah, okay. Mike Bibby is so good. And Rich Gannon <laughs> and Barry Bonds, I'm sure they're all great. And then like you get a couple years removed and actually learn about like, oh, oh, Barry Bonds was really good. I'm sure he had some steroid <laughs> things, but he was really good. And also, so was Rich Gannon. And... <laughs> It's like a 10-year-old. I'm over there like, whatever, man. Look, Kobe is the best. Shaq's the best. You guys are dumb. That's all I care. <laughs> I didn't even hear you lift up the rug to sweep under the Barry Bond steroid stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I did it pretty discreetly. I tried. I tried. <laughs> okay, well, let's get into some of the, the topics we have this week. Nick, uh, I actually I have some follow-up from our episode last week. However... The uh, both pieces of follow up are uh, from a segment that I cut out of last week's podcast because it wasn't particularly interesting. So, okay, yep. Uh, I feel like this might be making podcast history. <clears throat> so, to, to uh, since I cut it out, I feel like I need to give a little bit of a like a summary. Of Probably, what I otherwise about. you'll just be talking like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. just about yeah. so everyone here remembers when we talked about wrestling, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I wish I really had a a good. Uh, wrestling like a WWE uh, anecdote to tell right after you said that, but I didn't have anything. So, can I, as somebody who doesn't watch wrestling, can I just tell you that wrestling is wrestling is freaking wild? I like I don't really understand. Like I, okay, we'll deep dive that <laughs> a different time. That is a different day. Nope, different nope. Time. <laughs> we we accidentally we hit the fork in the road, Nick, and we went the wrong direction. We, we did, we did. That is on me. That is. <laughs> If you ever have like a topic, this is what happens when you're with me, okay? Is if you bring up a topic in the second and you also say, oh, some peripheral thing, I am over here ready to take that exit right away. Like, hold on, let's detour. Let's detour for a good hour on this random thing you brought up that you weren't getting at. Okay, so Nick, you remember when we talked on maybe our Christmas episode or the episode before where I had played Xbox in my closet uh, for month, yeah. a month or so? And as then, as like, normal children it. do. As, as normal, normal, children, normal do. children do. They, they sit in their closet alone. And play so, <laughs> I, and my mom listens to this podcast, so I feel, well, I don't know, I'm a little bit conflicted as to like what, where I draw the line as to what was them imposing this on me versus me pushing back on uh, my interpreted uh, rules. But... I I was into wrestling when I was like in uh, I want to say I don't know fourth fifth grade because of the friends that wait I were you around. took the detour you're taking the detour oh yeah no yeah that's what I said <laughs> like we went the wrong way all right go ahead continue talk to me about wrestling okay so oh man it's so interesting this I haven't really thought about this in so long. Uh, this is kind of like the call of the void stuff where like I hadn't even thought about the fact that I was so weird when I was a kid. Um, <clears throat> so I had a room that had access to our attic and I could climb up into it through like climbing on all of my uh, closet little, uh, I don't know, terrace thing. Like the things like the shelves of my, clo- of my closet. Mm. And so I could get up there and that's where I had like an area where I had like a bunch of uh, baseball cards and Pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh! cards and probably other things too i i felt like i couldn't like uh, publicly express my enjoyment of professional wrestling as my uh you know 11 or 12 year old self actually felt and so in my why? in 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 the attic i had written out like so oh man this is so weird 
It, when you start a story with in the attic, I had written out, it's not, it's not going anywhere good. <laughs> no, it's not going anywhere good. Oh man. If there's ever anything I'm going to cut, it's definitely this in, in wrestling stuff. There's like, obviously lots of fans and they have all their signs and stuff of the, their favorite wrestler. And so I kind of recreated like a stadium of like a wrestle, like a WrestleMania stadium, like a WWE stadium. And I had written like all these, like all these different wrestlers names on like, posters quote unquote but they were like little note cards and i had them like hung up around like the the rafters in the ceiling and it was like thinking back it's like the most cringy thing ever but i just like that was like i'm like the least rebellious kid ever but that was my rebellion in in the attic i hung up all these wwe wrestler names in the rafters as if it was a wrestlemania stadium you had to live it out somehow, vicariously, right? Just somehow. This you is my impressed. rebellion. Exactly. I'm sorry, uh, Mom. We digress. <laughs> we digress. Okay, hold on. We're, we're last thing on, on wrestling, okay? <laughs> last thing, last thing. Okay, go do ahead. You have, do you have any cousins or, like, not, not necessarily cousins, I guess, but, like, do you have any family that is, like, so far removed that you've only met them a couple of times? <laughs> that, yeah. That, yes. Okay. So, I have... Like, a second cousin who has a cousin on the other side who is, like, seven or eight years older than I am. And the reason I say is that I've only met this guy, like, twice. And I think it was in the same summer. Like, I spent, I, I used to spend, like, a week or two with those second cousins in the summer sometimes growing up. And so, one time, we went and saw that cousin at his place while we were mm-hmm. there. Like, me and all my sisters. And he knew my older sister a little bit better than me because, you know, they're closer in age. But so I'm like 10 or 11. And this guy's like somewhere in the range of like 17 to 19 or something. And his room is just covered in freaking WWE wrestling posters. And the t- both times we were there, all they, that he and my cousins and my did and all he wanted to do was play a WWE like I want to say N64 game. Does that sound right? I feel like oh, I know that there are other no. are... Me and my brother played this so much. I know exactly what you're no, talking. No, but this is the this is the problem. Isn't just the game. Okay, so the game thing is funny in its own right. Like I can't I can't dive down that. But this human being who is related to me, we have shared blood. Some, uh, I mean, like you know, it's it's uh, that's not true. We don't have shared blood, but like we have shared family. Like I occasionally hear about this person. Like, oh, did you hear about so and so's getting married and whatever else? This is a human being whose entire identity to me is <laughs> that he is into the oh, WWE. My only interactions with him in my entire life, and it's all I can remember. And I feel really bad, but like well, you know, like he got married like a year ago, and I was like, what would I even say? <laughs> but I, I'm so glad I don't have Facebook because I'd be like, "Hey, so good to hear from you. How's how's the wrestling Rock going? doing? Is he is he back? No. Okay. All right then. <laughs> oh man, I would like to go on the record and say I do not currently follow wrestling. Like I just I feel like that needs to be said. That's fair. That's fair. I feel bad. This this person is probably a totally fine person. Like my, my third yeah. cousin or fifteenth cousin or whatever the frick it is. But if you're listening, you're probably fine. <laughs> Because <laughs> you found our podcast. Uh, and I can't, we can't possibly risk alienating anybody at this point, Nick. And we need all we can get. It's, it's, it's a bad business decision if we do. <laughs> right. 
Okay. Oh man, and I can, the hilarious thing is I could go even farther down this road, but I'm not we can't. We 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 can, shall not. We are steering back towards the highway. Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. Did I? Okay. I haven't explained what the part that I cut from last week's podcast was. You did not. Uh, basically, I was making tortilla soup, and it had a way too hot uh, jalapeno in that soup, and basically made my entire family suffer from coughing and sneezing and etc and we had to make something else for the kids and i did a bad job okay <clears throat> like that was a apparently not that interesting thing because i thought it needed to be cut but it did uh remind me of one of my favorite stories ever which i hope this is interesting because otherwise i'm gonna have to cut this too uh when i very first started at the double my... cut story that'd be that'd be a new <laughs> one actually anyways continue. <laughs> the cutting room floor is gonna be, get really interesting no, so when I was really well, probably like a year into my current role uh, or my current job, uh, so like I don't know, almost a decade ago, not quite. I was not a person that enjoyed spicy foods at all. Like I had no tolerance for it. I don't know why, but just growing up, we never really had spicy food. Um, Fair to the extent like I like when I was in my early twenties or late teens, like I wouldn't even eat like a jalapeno. Like if you have jalapenos at a game and you have like nachos and cheese and jalapenos like I wouldn't I wouldn't eat the jalapenos at all like it was just too hot for me but I did start to like when I met my wife's family like I started to get more into spicy food because they were and so I was really interested in like trying to like you know push those limits a friend of mine from work brought in a Carolina Reaper pepper one day when we had like a chili day at work which mm-hmm. uh I'm not sure if you're familiar is yeah, quite yeah. hot I am actually yeah I was kind of new to the, the department and I wanted to be you know, involved in the, the shenanigans and I'm not one to say no to probably anything. So I wanted I wanted to be one of the two people of us that tried the, the pepper. And I tried the pepper, Nick, and it was hotter than a jalapeno a little bit. Oh, was uh, it? It was. And, uh. and so here was my experience. We I, I take a bite of the pepper and we had like a like a half gallon of milk in our little mini fridge in our little area. And I, so me and a friend of mine, we both did it and uh, immediately resort, resorted to the milk. Uh, however, uh, there's not a, there, I mean, there were enough gallons of milk in the city of Wichita to uh, solve this problem. Like at, no, at, one, no. <laughs> at one point I was just sitting with my head up in the air with milk, just sitting in my mouth like hoping that it would go away. At some point, I remember <laughs> thinking, like, uh, should should we call nine one one? But the problem is, I don't think they could do anything about this. <laughs> like, there's, um. there's, and, and what it ended up being was, like, like Nick, I'm not even joking. We did this right around lunch. Uh, we were getting ready to eat, and we did this before we ate. There was literally zero percent chance i was going to eat any food after that no yeah Um, yeah it just ruins you yeah so for for maybe the first 30 minutes we were trying to cope with it by uh holding milk in our mouths which like helped maybe a little bit like two percent maybe um (laughs) finally gave up and just drooled into a red solo cup for like four hours uh, at which point it was like three o'clock like, in the afternoon. I like the image of you just, uh, and like, I, I say that very quickly, Nick, four hours is a really long time to drool into a cup. It is. It's quite a long and, time. And it wasn't like, 
Like it was really like inter- like parts of it became funny like at certain points, but it's only funny for so long. You can like drool into a cup for so long before it stops uh-huh. becoming funny. I-, I can't even express how how terrible those <laughs> four hours were. It finally started to get a little bit better um where like i felt like i could i could actively you know walk away from the cup without needing it to drool into uh like both of us just decided we needed to go home like it was too emotionally exhausting to continue the work day like there was no way we were like we had already wasted like four hours there was no way that we were going to be able to do any work uh like i felt so tired after all of that so went home survived and uh you know lived to fight another day However, from that experience, from then on, my tolerance for spicy food, like... You just burned all your taste buds off, dude. It, it, yeah, probably. <laughs> but, like, it is, like, probably a hundred times what it was before. Like, not even remotely Oh, close. have you gotten have you gotten to dad status of, of spicy food? Is that a thing? Oh, my God. It's I don't, not fair. I don't know. You had trial like, by combat, and now... Yeah, like, like fire and- <laughs> i like when i go do thai food stuff like they always ask if you want it if, they, if and you you're want like, medium or i'll hot. take the spiciest shit you got <laughs> they they say like do you want it uh medium or hot or thai hot which if you say thai hot it's like an insult to the chef like they they're like oh you americans you have no idea <laughs> <laughs> and and so they make it unreasonably spicy but like and like I'm not saying that I necessarily enjoy it Thai hot, but I can certainly eat it still. Like I can, I can, I can Damn, hang sir. a little bit. But that is hilarious because it literally was that one instance of I didn't even like jalapenos before, had a Carolina Reaper, and then was capable. Like like fast forward, like I I sped up my taste buds uh, ability to handle capsaicin. <laughs> like ten years of spicy food eating in about a four hour period. Which I did go home and I went straight to bed. Like I don't even know how else to explain like how exhausted I was other than that. Like it it's was like, absolutely yeah. draining to go through. That's really good. That's brutal, honestly. Sounding. Um, so I have not done anything that dumb. Um, because I've I've watched the <laughs> I've watched the fallout of a Carolina or not a Carolina but a ghost pepper. Yeah. Um. So okay, I've watched the fallout of a ghost pepper, which was interesting all its own. Um. I will. I won't like bore you with a long hot food story, but um. My boss once brought in uh, a bag of those like ghost pepper chips, which are not as hot oh, as I've ghost peppers. But, like, yeah, you've seen, yeah. So my or she brought in a couple. I think uh, she was this really like competitive woman, and she was very like uh, <laughs> and, like just kind of like a fun trash talker. But you could never tell how much of it was like. Are you actually like trying to have like a competition? Is there something going on? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, and so she got into it with everybody like, oh, you got to try it. We got to see how you react. We got to see how you do. Are you, are you willing? Are you willing to try it? Are you, are you willing to try it? <laughs> Whatever else. I had like a cracked lip and I distinctly remember this because I had like a single chip. We weren't having like everybody have like a whole bag. Everyone was just having like a chip and people were reacting and they were like having funny reactions, but nothing too crazy. Cause it's not actually that as hot as a ghost mm-hmm. pepper. Right. But I distinctly having like, or I distinctly remember having a bite or a bite, having a chip feeling totally fine. I was like, that's hot, but it's not that hot. And then because I had a cracked lip, I just like licked my lip. And I was like, oh, oh, ah, bad. No. (laughs) Just like it was this instant, instant moment of like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Like, oh no, mistakes. So funny you mentioned that when I cooked the 
the jalapeno, or I was cutting up the jalapeno from the part that I cut from last week's episode. I touched my hip and like there was an outline of my finger on my hip for like like three hours because and like it was burning like i don't i've never had that happen apparently hip skin is really sensitive i guess really okay interesting yeah because like you always hear like uh touching your eye or worse that sort of thing but like man i had no i had no idea that that could happen just from random hip skin like i just had an imprint of my finger you know, as I'm thinking about it, like, I feel like my hip skin has gotten, like, bruised and stuff and, like, scratched easier than other parts of my body. But I wonder why. That's weird. That's a weird spot to have sensitive skin for, like, a very It's also a weird thing to say in general. I'm not sure I've ever said the sentence or said the word or phrase skin. hip skin. That's a normal thing that human beings say to each other all the time and it's not an appropriate hip skin. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we found the title of our episode this week. Oh, uh, I like that title. Okay. Okay. Um... So on the topic, though, of being a bad dad and <laughs> cooking things that are way too spicy, uh, <laughs> it was really funny. It's like on the topic of being a bad dad, says the dad. What's yeah. That? Okay. Great. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I we cut that from the episode, but then we proceeded to cook some enchiladas. Uh, my wife and I did for our kids and uh, we got everything cut up and like we're ready to eat dinner with the kids and. Uh, Alice, our youngest, had taken a bite of one of the enchiladas and was chewing it up. And uh, she's like starting to talk a little bit. And our son took a bite also of the enchiladas and like threw it the hugest fit of like, Dad, this is way too spicy. And Aww. I'm like, I'm like, Avery, come on. Like your your little sister, she's two years old. No, she's not even two years old yet. She's eating it. Like you're fine. And then literally as soon as I said that, <laughs> she took it out of her mouth and threw it on the floor and said, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> which like, Alice told you, bro. She, Yeah, Alice did tell us, which is a very short story, but I just think that does kind of cement the, the sort of thing that me and my wife apparently do to our kids uh, with, it, with regards to spicy food. So you missed out on the full story of trying to smoke out my family with a jalapeno. But that, that, oh, that's that right. That's what, you, that's what that story was. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. I was like trying to remember the jal- the jalapeno story, but yeah, there you go. Yeah, I cooked it a whole lot. Uh, nobody could breathe in our upstairs. <laughs> That's how it went. Good job. Good job. I got a random thing for you, Jeff. I got a okay. random oh, thing. Oh, yeah, do it. This is not important, but I just have me- been meaning to ask you about it. So do you know about why like Coke takes this is a, or like, I don't know. Do you know why Coke tastes better at McDonald's? Uh, is it like where they have a higher level of like syrup stuff? Yeah, they have like higher levels of syrup to offset the fact that they expect ice to melt. So that like once right, the ice starts right. to melt, yeah, they do, they do all this other stuff. The reason I say is that I have a problem and I can't find anything for it or not a problem. I have like a brain problem. We've talked about, uh, sparkling waters, flavored sparkling waters on this mm-hmm. whole show before. So I actually have like a low key favorite that I don't recommend to people because incons- it's very inconsistent, is LaCroix's Limoncello, not lemon, but like their Limoncello, half the time, it tastes like the most delicious lemon gelato you've ever had in your entire life. And you're like, this is zero calories. This is the God's gift to me. Uh-huh. I found I found Nirvana. It's great. <laughs> and then you take another sip and it's like icy watered down lemon. And that's it. Like it's like the, the, the shade of a shade of iced lemon or something i don't know or like a glass of water that you're like did someone once have a lemon in this glass a different glass of water (laughs) 
And it's like complete, it's a complete crapshoot, dude. It's like one can will be amazing and the other one won't. There's nothing to these damn cans, Jeff. I can't find anything. <laughs> so, so is it always like one can is good and one can yes. is not? Or is yes. it like it is one... not the same? No, it is not one can halfway through. It is one can is great and one is like whatever. That's wild. And like in the same the same purchase, like the same batch. Yes, 100% the same purchase. It's actually infuriating. There's been a time where I've like wanted to throw one out and just go for There's been more times than one where I want to throw it out and just go to the next one. But I'm telling you, dude, I cannot figure out why. It is driving me insane because I can understand why, like, ah, well, you know, you get that Dr. Pepper in a glass bottle and it's like, that's a yada, 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 yada. Or like, ooh, this straw has a wider berth or whatever. And dude, there's nothing. There's no difference. Okay. And we found the fork in the road to go off and talk about something that we didn't plan. So, okay, talk to me. uh, Straws. Uh, I want I want your opinion on straws. Uh, this is a non-polarizing podcast. I feel like you can. It's a safe space. You can be honest here. Okay. What's What's your thoughts on straws? Because I know you live out uh, west and y'all like your paper straws out there. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll do paper straws. Um, I don't think it tastes any significantly different. I also just don't really use straws very much. I don't. I honestly, uh, you know, I brought up the soda example, but I try not to drink soda, and uh, that's the primary place where you'd have straws. I feel like. Yeah. Oh, oh, and uh, coffee and stuff, and we've already discussed that I'm a pleb and don't drink really like any <laughs> coffee. Okay, well, as per usual, you're a better person than me. I do still drink uh, soft drinks and such. <laughs> so, uh, Jeff, Jeff, the only reason I don't is that I have the worst impulse control of any human being you've ever met. Like, if I if I drink soda regularly, every single time that I went past a soda like a soda thing, you know, when you go to check out at a grocery store or at a Best Buy or at a bookstore and there's a little thing of soda in the, in the corner, like I would 100% every single time buy a soda without fail if I drank sodas. But I tell myself, oh, I don't drink sodas. That's the only reason that I can stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though That totally makes sense because I'm the exact same way. I just uh, don't do the part where I don't drink it. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. So good. I just... At all, at all, at all points, I fail along the way. Uh, so again, thanks for making me feel terrible, you jerk. Um, just, just cut this out. <laughs> just cut out. If if we cut it out, does that make you less mad at me? That it, what it doesn't change is my disappointment in myself. And I think, I think that's most. I think it's most beneficial to leave in because I need to. I need to hear my own disappointment in my edit. Like I think that needs to be something that makes it through. Okay, what was I talking about? Straws. Nick, I think uh, paper straws suck. And I understand environment is good and we should environment good. Uh, but <laughs> paper straws to me are not the answer. I also feel very strongly that metal straws are also crap. And I think this might be because I grew up in the plastic straw nirvana uh, where we didn't care uh, about our environment and only about how beverages tasted through them. I honestly, Nick, I would be more in favor of us finding like a permanent plastic straw that we carry around in our pocket or something more than having paper straws. I just don't like it. It's so weird. I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just a getting used to it sort of thing. Uh, I, I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I do think I think it's just getting used to it, honestly. Okay. Well, that was a short detour where you just <laughs> tell me get over it. <laughs> Just get over it. No, I, I, I'm with you, though. There, There's de- genuinely differences in how things taste when you're receiving them from a different way, right? Like, from a different material. So I, I'm sure that there actually is. But I don't know. When's the 
when when did the paper straw thing hit california probably like four or five years ago i want to say but it's not universal it's i I know that like the the stereotype from the outside is that america or that california is just this uh liberal haven of like everywhere in the world is like they're they're telling you like oh my god you have a plastic piece of whatever no i don't know it's you'll you'll definitely find it and especially if you look for the right places you'll find uh like restaurants that don't use any plastic or say if you want a straw ask and it will only be a plastic straw or, or sorry that'll only be a paper straw and i know that i think san francisco had um, a paper straw policy uh, a couple of years ago san francisco is a very niche case though where it's like a really freaking packed city right. and a city that's on the water so they have like their own kinds of yeah. nonsense um, what's uh like, like if you were to go to mcdonald's like yeah like you, you would 100 percent find a plastic straw 100%. okay okay so nick we're going to have some pretty awesome space things happening uh at the beginning of this year and toward the end of this year nice but soonest to us is going to be the landing of the perseverance rover and i am definitely definitely going to have to talk about it quite a bit as it gets closer or as it lands and then the sort of science that it's doing but i would like to talk a little bit about the perseverance rover and how it's going to crash into the planet safely uh hopefully not crash into the planet how it's going to land yeah, safely on the that. planet yeah <laughs> here in uh about a month i think it's uh february 18th or something like that and i don't want every single week to be jeff talks about uh the perseverance rover so i want to want to get in no, early good. Good. Yeah. And then we'll follow up on it when it's uh, when it's about to land or when it does land or right. anything eventful happens. Yeah. And uh, I think I, like I mentioned it. on an early episode or on an early episode that uh, I would absolutely cry honestly either direction what happens and that still remains quite true. Like I I can't tell you how invested in this I like this is my uh, aside from podcasts <laughs> knowing how this thing is going is my hobby outside of all the other things in my life. Like I love <laughs> reading up on how this is going and what all the sort of science this is. I, I just, I'm such a fan of space exploration. Uh, this is, this is definitely a thing close to my heart anyways. So I'm really interested in, uh, tracking what all is going to be happening with the perseverance Rover. And I think it would be fun to talk about what's going to be happening here in the next month. Talk to me. Yeah. Let me give me a timeline. I'm out of touch. I've told you before, but yeah, I, I, this is one of those topics that like, I want to, uh, to follow. I kind of like ostensibly want to follow. And like, I tell myself I do, but then I never end up, (laughs) checking in so yeah and, and honestly i don't do a great job but it's really nice to have the accountability of checking in on these sort of things when i have a podcast to record so there you go uh curiosity was the rover that we sent to mars most recently and it really paved the way to how this uh this rover is going to land and it's pretty freaking amazing how it does it so it's called uh what do they call it like seven minutes of terror or something like that where there are a lot of things that happen from the time that the rover will be approaching the planet and when it touches uh, ground safely, we hope. And, and the interesting thing about this, seven minutes is how long it takes to go from the outer stretches of the atmosphere of Mars or what little it has to uh, when it lands. And uh, I'm not sure if you're up to date on your distances and uh, the speed of light, that is about half as long as it actually takes data to get back to us from the start of that. Like it takes about 14 minutes from stuff from that rover to make it back to Earth. So it has to be 100% autonomous, which I think is just absolutely wild. Yeah, it is. It is. 
I did know I did know that it had to be autonomous. I actually knew that it had to be autonomous because of the the, the transfer of data. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, and we'll probably get to it in a later episode, but there's a lot about this rover that's super cool where it can make more of its decisions autonomously than any previous rover uh, because it is like, well, obviously because of just technology and what it is today, but that greatly increases the amount of science that it can do if it doesn't have to wait for, you know, us here on earth to make decisions for it that is capable you know, with today's uh, technology to just make those decisions on its own. So that's super cool. Probably get into that a little bit uh, in another episode. So seven minutes to go from the top of the atmosphere to the planet itself. There's a lot of crazy things that happen that I think are just absolutely fascinating. When it gets close to the planet, it will be entering the atmosphere going 30,000 miles per hour. I'm and checking really seven... quick. Checking. Okay, that's pretty fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to put it in perspective, Nick, uh, I've flown to California and hung out with you and gone through, you know, TSA and uh, flown that direction after a stop or so. And I don't know, maybe it took six hours ish to get to probably where you were, maybe a little yeah. bit more. Uh, if I was going 30,000 miles an hour, it would take me a few minutes, three minutes uh, yeah. uh, to make it to where you were, which is <laughs> quite fast from here Kansas to pretty West good. Coast. Yeah, it's uh, very fast. It will, uh, as it's entering, as it is entering the atmosphere, it will be uh, heating up to uh, like two thousand degrees Celsius, which is very hot. Uh, Quite, yeah, yeah. So, honestly, just the uh, engineering that would need to go into taking an object launched from our planet to go to another planet, uh, going thirty thousand miles an hour plus, to then That's heat up wild. to two thousand degrees Celsius plus and land safely is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so they have like the heat shield, which is what is able to, one, slow down the rover's spacecraft itself uh, enough that it can do the next maneuvers, but two, also keep it from turning into a lump of coal that just crashes into Mars. Once it gets down to 1,000 miles per hour, which is still absolutely mind-bogglingly quick, uh, the parachute pops and uh, slows it down over the next couple minutes, I think, to uh, 200 miles per hour, which, again, uh, you've driven in a car, Nick. 200 miles per hour is quite fast. It's quite fast. Yep. And once it's down to 200 miles per hour, it breaks off the parachutes, still going very quickly. At this point, it doesn't have the parachutes or the heat shield. It now is just the lander itself and the, uh, the boosters, which then are going to slow down the spacecraft to the point that it can land safely on Mars. However, it is even more complicated than that. It's not like it's going to land safely from the boosters. If it were to do that, the boosters uh, thrust would kick up so much Martian dirt that it would like completely cover the rover because it's so fine and dry. It like would make the rover completely unusable. So they can't, land the rover that way instead and you can look up clips of this online it's absolutely mind-boggling that this is really a thing that happens and it's already happened once and will happen again the the spacecraft drops the rover with the boot like the booster part drops the rover about uh i believe i don't know maybe 100 feet off the ground or something like that uh so that it doesn't kick up too much dust with like in a a space crane style. Like, I don't even know how else to describe it. It like drops it like a crane floating over the air off these thrusters down to the ground, 
which is like again, watch the video. I'll put it in a link in the show notes. Absolutely mind boggling. Yeah. It sounds super cool. Like this little crane drops this thing down, it lets it land very like basically at zero miles per hour, and then drops the 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 cables and then launches itself off somewhere else to go crash in Mars. Which the whole thing, like the fact that we are able to launch something off our stinking planet yeah. and fly to Mars at a bazillion miles per hour, slow down, heat shield, then switch to this sky crane thing, space crane thing <laughs> that then lowers this thing down and then launches itself back to cr- crash somewhere else. Like the whole thing is so wild. We're going to be landing in a huge crater uh, that is like in the middle of where they, they talk about how it's kind of like the Missouri River, which is close to uh, where I live, which is cool. But it's like if a, a huge impact happened close to the Missouri River and comp- had this giant huge lake fill up and flow out the other side of the river. Uh, that's where they're doing the landing to do all the uh, reconnaissance of that area and do all the, the science there absolutely stinking cool but even cooler than all of that is we are planning to i'm not sure if you're aware of this or not we're planning to take samples from mars and uh, put them in capsules and they will be things that we have in a return mission that we will have in our next lander to be able to get these back into orbit and launched back to earth I don't even understand how that's even possible. I haven't even done how like the looking into how that's possible, but the that's fact wild. again that we can go from this stinking rock uh, to another rock in space and launch things back to our rock is just mind-boggling. Which we've just recently done this. This is one of my topics that I wanted to talk about at some point. We did this recently, or we're going to do this recently with or soon with a uh, with an asteroid which is cool enough in and of itself, but to do it like escaping the gravity of a planet is, uh, it's just wild. Like I love so much the, like, honestly, Nick, in our lifetime, none of that actually matters. Like we're not going to like greatly benefit from the sciences being done on other planets, almost certainly. But the curiosity of the human species, I, I can't help but get excited about that sort of thing. And so that's why come, uh, mid February, when this thing is getting sky craned down to Mars, I will be at the absolute edge of my seat knowing that there's literally nothing that we can do other than hope that uh, our our people at NASA have done a good job and that this thing that this thing lands and can do the science that it has. There's a hundred other things that are super cool about the things that it's going to do when it lands, but I think just just the process of getting there in and of itself is absolutely, absolutely mind-boggling. Yeah, that's wild. I know that there's not direct benefits soon, but like the, just the fact that like science and math can te- can get us that far, and like just think about the insane amount of calculations you'd have to make just to figure out how to get it on the right trajectory to somewhere that is 14 light minutes away. That's, right. That's just absurd. Even- even just to crash in the right spot, <laughs> let alone to be right. able to land the dang thing. Right. Right. And then to account for, oh, there's this atmosphere, and how is that going to affect it? And it's an atmosphere for a different planet that we have never been to. How does, uh, yeah, man. There's there's so many cool things. And I, I think... Uh, and you got to you gotta send me this video, and you got to put it in our show notes, by the way. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to show oh, you off. Oh, I, I will 100%. As soon as we're done recording, you have to watch this. It, it is so wild just to think that... It's not... Like, the crazy thing about this, Nick, it's not even in theory. Like, this is how the last rover landed. And 
like we're landing a much more complicated device, but it's using the exact same thing because it worked. It's so cool. I don't know. I love it so much. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, uh, you can support us at uh, patreon.com uh, forward slash TYWSAP. We don't have a whole lot on there. I have a few ideas and we'll do a little bit more, but yeah. uh, we'll get honestly, to reward just, tiers eventually. But for now, it's just to support the show. Yeah. And, and honestly, though, the thing that you can do the most to support the show is just to share it with a friend. Um, uh, you can uh, go give us a whatever it is on Apple Podcasts that people say. I don't honestly. I don't even care about that. Just share it with a friend. You don't have to do anything on uh, stupid Apple Podcasts. If you want to, also you can follow us on any of the social medias out there. I'm starting to do a little bit more of that. Uh, you can. You know, we have we're at Tywasap. No, I believe we're on uh, at Tywasap, like you said, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Uh, anything that I'm missing. Uh, you can also check us out at tywasap.com. Nick, thank you for potting with me. You're welcome. This has been the year we started the podcast. Thank you for listening. And we did it. We did it. Hey, wait, do we have a parlor? Parlor.